Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Detroit City. Believe in Lions listeners. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Believe in Lions. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network where I believe in the Detroit Lions. And by the end of this episode, so will you. Um, really excited to come to you today. We had a really good show last week as the NFL draft ended. Talked with Logan Lamarandier, Paul from Tampa, and my buddy Grifka made his debut. I mean, Grifka do the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, which is another Lions show we do twice a week as well. So three Lions podcasts a week. We are just pumping out content. But uh, I'm going to go solo today. I wanted to just sort of talk about the draft a little bit more in a couple different ways. So on today's show, we are going to talk about, um, we're going to go down each rookie and kind of talk about how these rookies fit and how they possibly impact the current roster. So we'll, we'll do that to start out the show. After that, I want to give some kind of instant reactions, instant grades to each pick uh, that I personally had. And then to finish out the show, I kind of want to talk about some long-term pieces. I don't know, maybe talk about some dogs that are on the Detroit Lions or kind of some, some building blocks, you know, even if they're not household names, maybe they're not all pros, maybe they're not, you know, top players in other people's mind it's it's players that people here in Detroit or Lions fans can hang on to and say man we can really build around these guys they, they're they're on the come up they've got some ability and uh, should be good football players here in the future so let's not mess around let's get right into it uh, the first pick Jeff Okuda cornerback Ohio State I mean I gave this a B plus and the reason I did, I mean, he's a great football player. He's, he plugs and plays at a position of need. I think he does a lot of good things for the team. I gave it a B plus because I was a little disappointed that we weren't able to get the trade down. I also am a little hesitant at uh, taking corners that high. You know, I feel they're smaller type football players. They get hurt quite a bit. You know, they're they're out there on an island, so they're easily exposed at times. But Okuda can run. He can tackle. He can get his hands on the football. He's got that mentality you look for. I mean, all those things that make him a, a really good player. So he only gets the B-plus based on not trading down and the position. Now, when I say I'm a little hesitant on corners, I mean, that's just positional value, and that's me wanting, you know, a big, nasty defensive end, maybe a big offensive tackle, you know, at, at times, you know, even though we weren't in the spot this year, you know, you want to take a quarterback in that position. Three is really high just to be taken, you know, but the the counterpoint to the corner is that the Lions haven't taken a dang corner and I don't even know how long, probably before I was even a fan is when they took their last corner high in the draft. I mean, you want to be able to cover people in today's NFL. You got to take, you got to spend on this position, whether it be in the first, second, third round, get good football players, put them out there and be able to cover three, four, even five wide receivers at times. So 
this was a must for the Lions. You know, how does he impact the current roster and where does he sit? I mean, he goes in and starts from day one. You know, I, I would think the Lions would probably put Jeff Okuda as a guy that, you know, may start out, you know, garden number twos. You know, I think that Trufant's a vet. If he's healthy, he, he's he's got some nasty in him too. I think he'd probably want the, the top receiver on another team. So I could see them, you know, starting with Trufant as sort of being the de facto number one, letting Okuda get his feet under him, and then moving to where Okuda then is shatter, shadowing the uh, top top receiver on the other teams every, every single Sunday, which will be fun to watch. Um, the rest of the guys on the roster, so I think you got your one-two punch right there. I think AO is going to be a really nice number three. I mean, people forget about this guy. Uh, really good at Penn State, a guy that I loved in the draft. He's got crazy long arms. He always guarded up on the number one. He wasn't afraid to get up in your face and uh, play press coverage. We saw last year that he can run. He can go get the football. So don't forget about AO as the third corner. And then as you work your way down, I mean, you, you got Coleman, which is going to be in the slot, which, again, people were down on him as well. I think he came in here and got paid a lot of money. He played really well to start the year, then fell off, then came back and played pretty well after that. So, you know, if he can continue to punch out the football, get his hands on the football, guard up on the slot much better than we've seen over the last few years, that's a plus player as well. And then as you move your way down, you know, you got the – the Mike Fords of the world and it gets a little dicey after that. So, you know, we got four guys that can play. I mean, would you love to still even maybe bring in a Logan Ryan to impact that position and beef it up even more? I mean, I would, I think that'd be nice as well. I don't know the lions will do that, but I think at least the lions could say, all right, not only do we have four corners that we can rely on and a couple wild cards toward the bottom of the roster. I feel that they have guys now that are bought in, that are football players, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to complain about, you know, practicing out in the snow. They're not going to complain about we'll be working hard. I feel like they're, they're, they're hungry because Okuda's a rookie. Trufant's coming into a new team. They seem to have good attitudes. I would hope that you'd see really gritty, grimy, good play from these guys. And you, you'd see something that's exciting, not only now, but in the future as well for this position group. So, Excited about that. Uh, let's let's move over to DeAndre Swift, the running back out of Georgia that he took in the second round. I think a lot of Lions fans were shocked by this. I mean, everybody knew he was pretty much the top player on the board. Everybody knew the Lions had been running the football for, I don't know, probably two decades. <laughs> um, but a lot of people did not think that Bob Quinn would make this pick. He did. I thought it was great value. I thought it was a great position of need. I thought it was a great way to combo the position. You're not throwing carry on out the door. You're not, you're not discarding bow, but you are adding a premier football player that can do things. Those guys can do. And what he can do, he can shake and bake. He can catch the football. He can run away from you. Uh, he can score touchdowns. He's still uh, bulky enough to be able to get those grimy yards when you need him. really stresses out defenses. This is an A pick for me, and I understand some of the haters that you say never take running back. Trust me, I get it. I understand that people think there were other positions that could have helped them more. A.J. Epineza, maybe a big defensive tackle, you know, maybe uh, just just multiple other pieces on the board. But, hey, you look at every draft expert basically John Dre Swift was not only the best player available overall but he was by far he was like a top 15 overall prospect the Lions get him at 35 um 
I, I just really think he's going to be special. I even saw a video recently. I mean, it was like two days after the draft, and him, Stafford, Nada, and Cephas are out there working out together, running routes. I mean, I don't know. I think I heard Atlanta just open up the door floodgates to the world before everybody else, so that's kind of crazy. But the fact that our quarterback already riled up these guys, Swift looked like he had put in a workout. He looked like he was ready to go. I mean... That's incredible to hear, incredible to see. So uh, DeAndre Swift gets an A from me. I think he's going to be special. When you're looking at the, the roster, I mean, I think it, you'll see the season start with carry-on. You know, he's going to be healthy. You'd see him give it to give it to him to starting carries. You'll see Swift uh, split time with him. You'll see Bo get some of those, uh, you know, big-time short yardage carries. You'll get to see Bo get the mix um, it, in different situational um, times. You know, to me... I'm a little worried that they're just going to somewhat give up on Ty Johnson. I mean, I think he's he's got some ability. I think I, I like some things I see as a depth running back. But if he can't get it together and show it, you know, in, in whatever truncated offseason they have, I mean, I could see them turn into the uh, rookie who we'll get to later that they took or some other type of option. So I would hope that you would you would have that one-two punch of carry-on and swift. Again, probably start with carry-on, then swift. I think soon enough, you'll see it go swift, carry-on. I see that flip just because of the overall talent, the ability to do some other things that the Lions want to do in all, in their offense. And like I said, I hope they keep Bo. He's young, he's big, he's got good attitude, he can run it. We saw that last year. Ty Johnson, if he can't find that home run hitting ability or ability to return kicks or the ability to catch the football a little bit better, you know, I don't know that he's long for the roster, which is which is tough because, I mean, fifth, sixth round pick, you know, just one year and done is tough, but it's, it's becoming a crowded room, no question, with some competition there. So uh, great pick there in the second round. Really liked it. Let's move to Julian Okwara. I gave this a B plus. Um, this guy's an outside linebacker slash rush end. I think he's got a lot of uh, physical traits you look for, long arms, ability to rush. Ability to um, get after the quarterback, but he's got his shortcomings when it comes to the run game, when it comes to his overall bulk and, and physical ability. The only thing I'd say to that is I feel like the Lions already have a lot of guys that can um, be big in the run game. When you're talking about Tavai, you're talking about uh, Christian Jones, you're talking about um, Jared Davis, you know, uh, J- Jamie Collins. Some of these guys are already, you know, uh, big and stout even in our front line we got a lot of front line guys that are not bendy freaky athletes but they're kind of you know guys that can hold up against the run they can hold their gap so a guy like Aquara who's more of a run around the end kill the quarterback you know uh, be able to do some athletic things you watch his highlights you watch his tape I mean this guy he's got a great motor he always seems to be going until the play stops you see him catch a lot of people from behind when it comes to making tackles when he gets his hands on you he slings you to the ground I mean it seems like a really good knack to be able to get people down to the ground so I thought getting him at 67 was tremendous value I feel like He's going to come in and be a, a spot player to start, meaning like third downs, special situations, as well as just hopefully giving us overall pass rush between him and Jamie Collins. Um, teaming him up with his brother, everybody that's followed me on Twitter, at Derek Oakry, has heard me say, man, it'd be fun to team up the Aquara boys. Man, why not go get Julian Aquara and put him with his brother? Aquara is the down defensive end. Um, Romeo, that is. 
and Julian's the stand-up outside rusher that can also, uh, you know, put his hand down and get after the quarterback. So why not team up those guys? I think it's going to help this offseason. I think you're going to see Aquara come in and be ready from day one, which will be exciting. And uh, like I say, the, those brothers are going to push each other as well as keep each other accountable, which is what you need, as well as uh, guys that that's two more players, I believe, that will have good attitudes about this this program, this regime that's here, and hopefully add to getting W's on Sundays. Um, let's move here to 75. The Lions traded up, which everybody that listens to me knows that's my least favorite. I always want Bob Quinn to trade down, yet he continues to trade up in the draft for guys he loves. He did that again by moving up to 75 for Jonah Jackson, the offensive guard out of Ohio State. Again, we, do, we don't sit in these draft rooms, but I could see these teams like falling in love with players, you know, just studying them for a year plus getting their getting their bios, meeting them at the senior bowl and just saying, man, this is a guy we have to have on our team. So the Lions went from eighty five to seventy five to go get this guy. I mean I gave it a B minus. I mean I think the more I see and read about Jonah Jackson, again as a guy I talked about towards the end of the draft process. You know, in the beginning he wasn't really on my radar or other people's radar. He came up the ranks later, especially due to his senior bowl performance and some other options. So I talked about him. I had him targeted. I liked him, uh, but he gets a B minus based on the trade up. I, I feel like he may have been there 85. I feel like unless he comes in and starts right away, you know, there'll be a, a few issues with that draft pick. But overall, I think he fills a need. I think you could see him. What I'm hearing is the right guard position. You know, everybody seems like they're going to leave Joe Dahl at left. They're going to put Jonah Jackson at right to start. Um, you know, we'll get to Stenberg here in a moment, but I wouldn't be afraid to put uh, Jonah on the left side. It puts Stenberg on the right and roll with two new guards here in 2020 and moving forward. Um, let's see. How does it impact the roster? Again, I think, I think I, if you want to be conservative, You'd, you'd say deck on the on the left tackle you'd have um, you'd have um, doll at left guard you'd have Ragnell at center you'd have um, Jonah Jackson at right guard and you'd have Hal Vitae at right tackle that's kind of how you would start up with your starters I I don't know what these this pick and the next pick means for Bo Benchwell, Garnett, uh, you know, Abushi, Wiggins, uh, who, who am I forgetting? The other two, three guards they have on the roster who no, we don't even know or care about. Like, uh, there's going to be a lot of purging in this position. I think you're then going to see the backups hopefully be Benchwell. He's got some center ability. He can also... Um, he can also flex at the other guard positions. You know, nobody knows what that kid can do because we haven't really seen him, but he had some good grades coming out of college and they've been grooming him for a year in the weight room and in their scheme. So I would think he, he might have the leg up. Um, I don't know what Garnett has. I know he's a former first round pick. I know he struggled. I know he's been injured. Maybe, maybe he's got some of that together. Maybe he could also be another uh, interior guy that you keep on this roster. I, I'd say your swing tackle, unfortunately, for like the fourth year in a row is Terrell Crosby. You know, a guy that I thought was good draft value, and he just sort of sits on the roster and, and never plays good enough to start when he, when he goes in. I mean, he's okay. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't get torn up, but he also doesn't look excellent either, so... 
I mean, I think that's how it sets up with the roster. So B minus for the Jonah Jackson pick. I, I really like his mentality. I think that based on his what he did in college, you know, even only having that one year at Ohio State, I think he can come in the NFL and be better than what we've had at that position basically from day one. So Logan Stenberg, the offensive guard from Kentucky. I mean, this was a guy who was a little bit off my radar. I hadn't really done a ton of homework on him. I just didn't like him, didn't think the Lions would, would go this route, especially not back-to-back interior offensive lineman you read about him he's nasty he has a tough mentality blue collar all that good stuff that we love to hear that's great i mean the penalties the the recklessness is an issue i think you know he's got to figure a way to find that good good spot where he can be tough and rugged but not go over the line um like i said i wouldn't mind him and Hal Vitae mauling people on the right side. You know, when I watch his video, uh, video, he's more of a left guard from what I've seen. He gets his hands on you. He likes to put you in the ground. He likes to, to finish people, which is nice to see. There, there are some issues with him as well that I saw where it's just like sometimes he just looks upright, stiff, whatever it may be. That's just like, man, is this guy going to be able to deal with these big interior guys in the NFL that are going to be much different than what he probably saw in college? Um, in some of his games, obviously other games, you know, when he's playing top competition, he saw them and seemed to handle himself. Well, you know, him and Jonah Jackson and give up sacks, you know, which means whatever they're doing, they're keeping people off their quarterback, which is a good thing. But I could see Stenberg sort of being, you know, brought along a little bit slower, you know, having to earn his spot, that type of thing. I think that, um, you know, I gave this a C grade just because, again, I already broke down sort of how, how it might fall with the roster. I could see Stenberg sort of being behind Joe Dahl, maybe even being in the mix with Bo, Ben Chual, and, and sort of seeing how that shakes out over time. But uh, like I like the player. You know, I, I feel like he could come in and maybe really be a fan favorite, you know, be a guy that people really enjoy and really like. But we'll just have to wait and see on that. And like I say, two guards back to back when you had other needs at, at defensive end, you could have still got a really nasty defensive tackle with one of those picks. You didn't do it. And you also passed on some receivers. But in the next round, they took Quintez Cephas, again, one of the best names in the draft. I gave this a B minus and, and I can't say initially I loved it. I mean, I saw Quintez Cephas come up on the board and I was kind of like, oh, I was so, you know, still on the Donovan Peoples-Jones train. There was other players I liked. I mean, gosh, like two picks before them, my guy Curtis Weaver from Boise State went. That bummed me out. Um, just lots of good players still on the board. So to see Quintez Cephas was kind of like, ah. You know, the thing I liked about him right off the bat is, again, I'd watch Michigan versus Wisconsin. I'd watch other Wisconsin games, and you'd see this guy, Cephas, that would just get open, catch the football, score touchdowns. It was it was pretty consistent. You know, I, I remember watching um, Texas games a couple years ago, and, like, every time they threw it up, I always seemed to see Lil' Jordan Humphrey making plays. And I was just like, gosh almighty, you know, this guy, like, just seems to get his hands all over the football. That's what I felt about Cephas is, like, he was just the guy there. You know, it didn't matter who else they had or what what was going on in the game. He would he would make plays. So I like that. You read about him, you know, not the fastest guy. We all know that. A guy that can really um, catch it, um, can go up and get it over people. He has a away about him he's kind of that big slot you know people comparing him to Anquan Bolden they're kind of saying you know he could be he could be a really nice player in the slot and what's nice is Danny's there so 
you know, it's not a rush to throw him right out there. I do think you will see con- contributions from this guy, either in four wide receiver sets or, you know, at times playing uh, even in front of Danny Amendola in certain situations. So, you know, the more I read and the more I thought about this, I gave it a B minus. I feel like your receivers now are Kenny, Marv, Danny. Um, after that, you know, in the fourth slot, you're probably going to have to put Cephas there at number four. Uh, at number five, you know, you're still looking at uh, the Marvin Halls of the world. You know, I think he would hopefully be in the mix just based on speed and ability to to make that offense a little more dynamic. And then at the bottom of the roster, you're just looking at, you know, are, you know, is Travis Fulgham going to make it? You know, I don't know. He's another guy. Who, I thought he performed well in preseason last year. I thought that he has ability based on when they took him. I, I, I did some research. I like the player. I like the pick. But the way they've added to the roster, unless they're just going to hold on to him, and then in, in 2021, you would see receivers of, you know, Kenny, uh, number one, a new number two, Cephas in the slot and then you know Fulgham as being that four or five type receiver you move up a, a chain or two in 2021 but that's kind of how I see that roster at receiver shaking out again I wouldn't be opposed to the Lions still adding to that position a little bit more as other teams in this draft if you look at this draft I mean you saw the Denver Broncos take Jerry Judy and KJ Handler you saw the Raiders take like four receivers I think it was I mean you saw lots of teams like just loading up with these track teams on offense, both wide receiver, tight end, running backs, whatever it is. I mean, the Lions are not going that route. They're not going the, uh, you know, all offense, put up points type offense. So we'll see if it works for them. I really hope it does. I think they're really balanced on offense. I think they have a lot of good players. You know, do they have players that can run away from people? I don't think so. Do they have people that are just game changers? I don't think so, but I do think they have uh, offense that can can be consistent, can put up points, and can stretch defenses because you can't really focus on one player or another. So that's exciting to see. Uh, let's get through these last few here quickly. Um, Huntley, the running back out of uh, what New Mexico State, this was a D plus for me. I, I I didn't like the pick. He wasn't on any of my prospect lists. He was a guy that, gosh, he just. Uh, you know, there's so many better options at the time. I mean, the Lions think they have a speedy, you know, game changer of sorts when receiver, running back, you know, kick return. Okay, like, I'm sure this guy would probably have been there in the sixth, seventh round if you wanted him that bad. You went and took him in the middle of the fifth round, end of the fifth round type of range. I mean, everybody gets excited. You can watch him on YouTube. You think he could be crazy special. There are glimpses, I'm not going to lie, where you're just like, wow, I could see this guy being a a chess piece that can catch it, run it. If he gets an angle, he's going to score from 60 yards away, which we have not had in forever. But he could also wash out really quick, I think. It'd just be a, a gadget player you took in the fifth that you thought was great, and he can't, he can't cut it at the NFL level. But we'll wait and see. You know, again, could be a fan favorite if he does make plays, if they do find ways to use him, and if he can accentuate his speed, great. But when you call him a running back or you call him a – you're hesitant to put him at, you know, gadget receiver player. I don't think you're going to get the best out of this guy. I really don't. But we'll see what happens. So it's down on that pick. I think, you know, again, him and Ty Johnson will battle it out. Maybe one or both of those guys make the bottom of the running back roster. But if they're going to keep a fullback, you know, I, I can't see both of them making it. I would lean towards Ty Johnson as the better overall football player if I had my choice right now. 
Next pick, they took Penasini, the big defensive tackle. I call him a nose tackle from Utah. Um, played next to Leaky Votu. I mean, uh, didn't love the pick when it came across the board. Still felt there were better people. Uh, you know, guys that I took in my Lions, uh, Lions draft as it went, you know, I would have preferred. But I gave this a C plus. You know, you read up on Penasini or you see what he does. He, he's a, a very functional football player for what the Lions do. I think he'll be just in there, be consistent, be um, somebody that can can find a role and, and can make plays. Seems to have good mentality as well as a you know plug the holes. He'll do his job. That's always needed, especially to get that in sixth round. I know there's a lot of groups out there that were high on him, like PFF and other uh, groups seem to like Penasini as a player. So we'll see what he does. I mean. C plus, I couldn't really give it a B because I think he's a backup role player, which again, I know the NFL loves to take studs in the first three rounds, four, five, and six. They like to take, you know, backup special teams guys, you know, gadget people, guys they just think are great from small schools. Hey, I'd just be taking top players in every round, basically. You know, I yeah, I'd make sure that my special teams was covered, but I wouldn't be sitting there taking these flyers in rounds four, five, and six, and seven, when there was still lots of good players on the board. I mean, the Lions, oh, I don't even want to get into the options, but there was just better better players, but I could see why they take a guy like this. I mean, between him and Danny Shelton, I think you got a really good group in the middle there that can be good for multiple years, which would be nice. Finish out the draft with Cornell, the defensive tackle, defensive end from Ohio State. I, I like comboing multiple Ohio State players. I do not like Ohio State, that team I shall not speak of, but but uh, go blue all day, every day. But when you get multiple players from one school, I feel like it can only help you because these guys know each other. They uh, can all kind of bond together. They can um, kind of, I don't know, I just think it helps the learning curve. And I think that Ohio State has been such a good program that it's, you know, all these people want to take from LSU and um, Alabama, and I'm obviously a proponent of that as well because of the talent they play against, the programs they come from, the coaches they get. But Ohio State's been no joke over the last decade. So you go ahead and you take three players from that school. I think that they'll be able to do well. Cornell, to me, overall, is just a project player. You know, he's a guy that, yeah, he has some traits. Yeah, he made a few plays here or there. But, you know, it's going to be hard for him to make the roster as well as what's his upside? You know, does he really have really high upside that you had to take him? over some of the other players that were available or even, you know, getting a, getting a third quarterback or getting, you know, a skill player that could help you. You went and got this guy who, yeah, I hope he surprises me in a year or two, but I also think that he could be just wash out like most of these sixth, seventh round picks do. And to me, that's disappointing because there's still players. I think that will easily make NFL rosters that were available and they didn't take him. So Cornell, he's at the bottom of that defensive end, defensive tackle type rotation. You know, a really fringe roster player. Um, C minus for Cornell was my grade. So, you know, like I said, we, we set it on the round table. I mean, you can't perfectly put it, but if I had to put an overall grade, I mean, it gets kind of a solid B, maybe even a B minus for me. I know the Lions got a lot of good grades across the league. I saw A's, I saw B pluses. Um, but there definitely were a few questionable picks that brought my grade down there in day three. I feel like the first two days they did excellent. They got players at positions of need at great value and guys that come in, help the team right away, which I'm excited about. So everybody, let's uh, let's take a quick break here. 
and we'll come back and we'll talk about some instant reactions and also talk about uh, these long-term pieces, you know, the lines can build around. We might spend a little more time on that, talk my way through that um, just to get people excited about what the future of this team could look like. So we'll do all that and we come right back right after this. All right, everybody, we're back right here on Believe in Lions. Before we get going on the second part of the show, I just remind everybody, please hit that subscribe button on iTunes. really helps out the show. Also, if you could leave us a five-star review, you don't know how much that helps. That's really tremendous. I know I don't uh, ask for it a ton. Also, like I know it's hard. I know I, I rarely take the time to leave a five-star, but if I love a show, if I think they're putting in some hard work, I try to do it because I know it helps out getting the show on, on viewed better on iTunes as well as everybody likes to pop on and look at those reviews and say, wow, look at all these great reviews for the show. I better check it out. So if you could do that leave us a five star, if you think we've earned it, I really appreciate that. Um, I'm really thankful for the support of the show. It's been growing with every episode, uh, lots of good feedback across the board on it. I've had fun. We've had some different guests. You know, there's been some other talks I've been having with the Believe Podcast Network folks about other hosts, co-hosts, uh, you know, maybe some really cool interviews we can get here in the future. So working on that, but it really is fun for me to just turn on the mic here and talk lines. I'm recording a bit late here in the evening. I don't know about you guys, but my body clock's been all messed up with this craziness that's been going on in the world. So I've been working super late at night. I've been staying up till all hours. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm talking a little bit different because it's super late and I'm recording. And uh, like I said, I just wanted to turn on the mic and talk some Lions football, which is fun for me. You know, like for a solo show, me and my buddy Grifko, we have a blast on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast Wednesdays and Fridays talking Lions. We argue, we laugh, we play a bunch of sound bits that are funny. But here on Believe in Lions, it's fun for a couple times a month for me just turn on the mic, talk Lions with you guys, the listeners, and uh, and have that free form as well. Just talk football. So I really have enjoyed that. Um you know, like I said, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. You know, we're on TuneIn and uh, Stitcher. I mean, basically any other podcast platform you could find. So if you can find us uh, wherever you listen, that'd be excellent. You know, you can reach me on Twitter at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. I love interacting with football fans, Lions fans, fantasy football fans, uh, you know, just people in general on there. It's just a really good platform for me to just sort of, you know, chat here and there. I can't say I'm on there, you know, a ton. I also, um, you know, try to pick my spots on what I tweet when I tweet. I like, if I see a lot of good stuff out there from other people, I try to hit that retweet for them as well as, uh, just spread info that way. But, uh, yeah, please hit me up on there. That's always fun to see new listeners come on and, and find me on there as well. Um, but like I said, let's get into this. So uh, I said I was going to do instant reaction to each pick. I pretty much already did that in the first part of the show. I, I gave you my thoughts. I broke down each player. I gave you a grade. I gave you how they fit the roster. Let's do this. Let's expound a little bit on my Oakry Lions draft um, in 2020. I, I, I gave this right at the end of the round table and got the reactions from the guys on there, what they thought of my draft. But I'll go down my draft and give you who I would have taken. This is in real time. This is as the draft is going. I'm working my my draft room, the DTO scouting office here at the house, and I'm keeping up with who's available. When the Lions pick, I've got a few targets. I end up taking who I think is best at the time. You know, 
it always seems to be these drafts feel and look a lot better right after, and then they they turn out to not be as good as you would hope years years down the line, as I'm sure many NFL teams think as well. But uh, always interesting to look at this type of stuff. So let's go ahead and go through these. I'll kind of give you my thinking or what the Lions could have had had they done my draft rather than Bob Quinn's draft. And like I said, Bob Quinn did a good job. I, most people giving him really good grades. I thought it was a good draft. I think it has good upside. But would they have liked the 2020 at Derek Oakry on Twitter, Lions draft. That is real. Could have happened. It didn't. So with the first pick, I, I came around. I ended up taking Jeff Okuda as well. Now, I loved just uh, Isaiah Simmons, but to me, there was no room. There was no room at linebacker. There was no room on this defense for a type of player like him. Um, the value just didn't seem to be there. You need corners in the NFL. So, I still think they could have got one in the second, third round, but I feel like Jeff Okuda was the best player. If you had to stick and pick there, he's an instant player. He can guard some of the best wide receivers in the game. He's got that fight. He's got the dog. He's got uh, just a really good ability at all levels. Everything you look for in a corner, especially off the field, is what this guy has. So I thought it was a slam dunk pick there at number three to just take him, not overthink it. Not go take another position that was loaded up for the Lions. Again, these are my Lions picks in real time based on who they already have. You know, I'm not going to go take a bunch of players that they already have at positions because it won't make sense in this draft. So Jeff Okuda at three was my pick. The Lions did it as well. I think he's going to turn out to be a really good player here for a long time. In the second round at 35, the Lions took DeAndre Swift, which I loved. I took A.J. Epineza, Edge from Iowa. I, I know this guy has his athletic shortcomings, but I thought he was very worth the selection. I think he didn't go till what did he go to the Bills at 54 overall? So, you know, he, he went almost 20 picks later than I took him. But when they put him back up on the screen again, I just thought, man, this guy's tough. He's He's got good family lineage. He can get after the quarterback. He can also move inside and play for you. I just felt like he's a guy that would have fit perfectly for what the Lions do. So Epineza would have been my pick at 35. Um, 67 was a tough one. You know, you, you get to 67, there's a lot of players on the board that you might like. I just decided to go the uh, defensive tackle route. I felt like even though I don't value defensive tackles as, as much as other people, I feel like you can find them in other ways as well as, you know, as much as Derek Brown was a good player, he's a big nasty inside big fast physical you know guy you'd like on your team you know I, I didn't feel the value was there you get 67 I feel like it was a little bit better value so I was debating between a couple players I mean you had you had running backs on the board which I hadn't taken running back at this point you had other defensive tackles I just decided to go with Justin Matabuke I had read up on this guy. He played defensive end. They moved him inside. He can really uh, penetrate, which I feel like the Lions ha don't have. They have some some run stoppers, but they don't have a penetrator type. So I thought Matabuke was good value here at 67 overall. Um, when the Lions traded up, you know, I had to sort of figure out my board and, and get a pick in pretty quick there. So um, in, in round three at pick 85, I went and I got a running back that I felt, you know, wasn't the most dynamic in the draft, was a guy that was one of my favorites and a guy that I thought could come in and make plays right, right away, also mold in well with carry on and Bo. Um, you just didn't have to spend that second round pick on him. I went ahead and got Zach Moss out of Utah there at 85. I felt like it was good value. I also felt like I couldn't wait any longer. And, and like I said, I don't believe he would have been available. Um, 
had I waited, he did go at 86. So the Lions, you know, in a in a dream world, you know, could have not traded up, could have waited and maybe got Zach Moss at 85. In my draft, um, you know, I took him at 75 based on their trade up. But like I said, uh, I felt like it was good value. I felt like, you know, he went right around that range. So that's a good thing as well. So Zach Moss, happy to add him to the team. Uh, in the fourth round at 121, um, I went ahead and added Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now, we all know Peoples-Jones fell down the board all the way to 188 in the sixth round, which to me is crazy. Um, you know, again, I'm a Michigan fan, but I just felt like DPJ is that guy that is going to ball out a lot better in the pros than he did in, in college. You know, I think he's – I had heard some things that he's not a hard worker or he doesn't really – you know, he doesn't have the mentality that you look for. I mean, again, those are things you kind of don't know. You can only project forward, but I feel like when you look at his athleticism, you look at a top recruit coming out of high school, I feel like DPJ is a guy that could um, really jump on the scene. Now, he went to Cleveland, so you got Landry, you got Odell there. Uh, if those guys stay, you know, his his opportunities to be limited. They also have some other receivers as well. So, you know, he's not – he's in a good spot in general because they got Baker Mayfield, but <laughs> he also, um, you know, is going to be in a crowded room – but uh, like I say, I like how Cleveland just sort of added talent really late in the draft there. I took him at 121 in the fourth round. I'm okay with that because I feel like the Lions could have really used him well. He could have really probably replaced Marvin Jones after this year was my thought. I didn't want to risk it and wait and, and miss out on a guy like that. I felt like he was my favorite receiver in that range when it comes to game, athleticism, smooth, all the things I look for when I'm trying to replace a Marvin Jones in 2021. Um, fifth round, 166, I took um, Natani Muti into your offensive lineman. Now, this guy is a mauler, an absolute just beat you up. You know, I, I feel like he has some issues when it comes. He's not like that move offensive lineman the Lions look for. He doesn't really fit the the mold of, a, of what the Lions usually get. You know, they usually get that double knee brace, you know, double arm pad, bearded, you know, I, I live in North Dakota type offensive lineman. Muti's a little different than that, but he was really, you know, favorite of the draft network and some other groups that I I respect and like. So I feel like getting him at 166 was good value. I could have plugged him and, and Hal Vitae on the right side. I've been perfectly happy in the interior. Left Joe Dahl, left Ragnall, and left Decker on the left side and been cool with that, you know. So I, I felt like that was a good pick. At 172, um, I was able to get... Uh, I was able to get Bradley and I, the outside linebacker edge player from uh, Utah. I, 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 again, can't understand why he's there at, in the fifth round at 172. I felt he would have went, you know, fourth, uh, fourth round type of feel at the latest. Uh, this guy can rush the quarterback. He had a good senior bowl, seemed like a really good player. Lions need rush, whether it comes from outside uh, or the edges. And like I say, the Lions got Aquara in the, upper third I got an eye in the bottom fifth you know I mean that's the kind of change off that you see you know what would you rather have as even if you like Okwara would you rather just take those other players I took and then have an eye there in the at the bottom of the fifth round I mean I think you would those are nice trade-offs to consider sixth round let's get through these 197 ish uh, I took Prince Tegawanogu um, this was a guy really highly rated offensive tackle kind of a guy that you could you could groom for a year or two, and then he could probably maybe be a, a guy that you like. He's got a unique background. I heard, of course, after the fact that he fell based on medical issues, possibly a 
really bad knee that concerned a lot of teams. Again, I don't have the medicals. I don't know this, but I felt like Prince Tegawanogu out of Auburn was good value here in the late sixth round. Um, and kind of the middle sixth and, uh, and felt like that was, you know, worth the selection at that point. Cause the Lions had, had taken other needs. I mean, getting a project tackle that could maybe fill in if you move on from, from Decker, or, I mean, the best case scenario is Decker and Van Helvitae will be here for the next few years, and you could just roll with that, but you just, you're not covered in case that doesn't happen, you know, so we will see how they do that, and then late in the seventh round, there were lots of options, lots of players I could have taken, but I just went ahead and threw a dart at the wall and took, um, you know, Thaddeus Moss, the tight end out of LSU, Randy Son, a guy that, I mean, I felt like the Lions, uh, they could have added another tight end, which they did in undrafted free agency. They went and got a Hunter Bryant out of Washington, a guy that's a flex tight end, can move them all around, almost a bigger receiver. Thaddeus Moss is a a blocking, you know, um, not a crazy athlete, but also a guy that, you know, kind of has come into his own these last little bit and could be a, a helpful player, you know, definitely better probably than good old outlaw Jesse James and could have mixed in there with Nada and uh, Hawkinson, but... Like I say, that seventh round, you could go a million different ways, but I just took Thaddeus Moss. So what would you rather have, the Bob Quinn draft or the Oakry 2020 Lions draft? I mean, like I say, both of them to me feel good. Hopefully they both help the team and be excited about that. So let's move to some of these long-term pieces. Or Who, who are the dogs on this football team? Who are the nasty football players? Who are the game changers? Who are the guys that are you're going to hang your hat on when you're looking at the Detroit Lions? I mean, now that we're through free agency and through the draft, I mean, when I start looking at the team, let's start on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think you are, you're building your hopes and, and your thoughts on defense around Trey Flowers. So we'll put him in that category. Um, and most people might not agree with this, but I still think Deshaun Hand is in that category. People have really soured on him based on his injuries. I can understand it, but injuries are part of the game. I feel like when he's been out on the field, you see what he can do. He can He's a versatile defensive lineman. He can he can rush from the ends. He can rush inside. He has a great mentality to him. He's not a, a uber athlete, but he has great pedigree coming out of high school and college, and it showed it that first year when he was out there playing, that he, um, he got after the quarterback. He made a few plays on the football. Uh, I just think he's, he's a really good player up front there. So you got Flowers in hand up front. You know, to me, Danny Sheldon's a little bit of a wild card, but I'd almost put him in there because of his age, because of his size. I mean, I remember seeing him during draft coverage where he, he, I think he gave Roger Goodell the bear hug. I mean, this is a big dude that can, I don't know, he can, he can run, but he's also big enough to plug up the middle. He's a bigger, more athletic player than the Lions have had. I know everybody loves snacks, and so did I, but I feel like he is younger and probably more athletic at this point, can do some similar things, but can also be a little more disruptive, I think. So Danny Shelton's a guy I really like. Um, but like I say, not a, there's not a ton more on the defensive line. We were talking about those key pieces. So in the front line, let's go with Shelton, Hand, and Flowers. Let's move to the linebackers. I feel like, you know, even though he's a bit older, you're going to have to put Jamie Collins in this category when you're talking about linebackers. There's a guy that you're going to hang your hat on and hope that he's going to be a, a game changer for this football team. 
uh, Jelani Tavai, second round pick. Saw some things from him last year, looking to see more. I feel like he's got to be in this category as kind of a long-term building block. And, and like I say, the rest of their linebackers are just sort of decent football players. You know, uh, Julian Okwara, you know, I can't put him in this category yet, but I would think that based on where they took him and based on his abilities to get after the quarterback, he will be in this category moving forward. But kind of got to see a little something from the kid before I put him in the uh, building block or the, the dog category. I mean, <laughs> I think he's got uh, he's got some tendencies, but we'll have to wait and see. Let's move out to the corners. I mean, I think Okuda is definitely a long-term piece as well as a, a dog, a nasty dog on the outside. I mean, you got to love Jeff Okuda as a player. Um, you know, I'm going to put AO in this category just because, um, you know, I would have taken him in the second round of that draft based on his ability and what I saw in college. I got to do some PFF games on him, and he was fun to watch, man. He just really had long arms and, and would stand out there and, and be on that island and guard up on people, and he made plays, man. He definitely made plays, so put him in that category. Um, Justin Coleman, I mean, I feel like he's a long-term piece sort of just based on what they paid him. Um, you know, this would be a pivotal year for him. If he comes and plays really well, you can, wow, we got Justin Coleman for another couple of years and he's a, a really good slot corner, good football player. Or you could be down on him and say, wow, he's overpaid. You know, he's, he doesn't have that, what you look for, um, what we hoped he would do, but I'm going to go ahead and put him in that long-term piece. So Justin Coleman, AO and Okuda assign those long-term type corners that you can build around. And let's move to the back end. Maybe my favorite position right now for the Detroit Lions, the safeties. On defense, I mean, Tracy Walker is the epitome of a dog. Um, this guy has the mentality you look for. He's got the length. He's got the athleticism. He's got better every year. Now, people would say, well, last year he's getting beat a lot. Yeah, but he was also trying to make up for a lot of other shortcomings and injuries they had on the football team. I think you'll see Tracy Walker really come into his own this year and be a, a really fun piece. People are going to be wearing the 21 jerseys, you know, after uh, – during and after 2020, based on what this kid does, he's really going to be special. Um, Jerron Harmon, you know, he's a, he's a bit older, but also I think he's a guy that is coming here via trade that I would put in this category as a piece to build around. Really good player, good mentality, winning pedigree. Um, I want to put Will Harris in this category, but I just don't think I can do it yet. I feel like i got to wait and, uh, and kind of see, you know, what comes from him, you know, if he can make that step up and they can find a really good role for him, I would put him in this long-term building blocks right now. He's sort of, he's hit or miss for me. You know, I really like him. I want to support him, but I haven't seen it on the football field on a consistent level to put him in this category. But Will Harris to me can, can be really good and people are sleeping on him. I believe he's got to prove me right though in 2020 and 2021. Let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. When you're looking at, uh, premier players people to build around i mean it starts right at the quarterback position lions love matt stafford matt stafford's been a boy scout since he's been here i mean the guy just goes out and plays he's had his injuries there's no doubt about it you know thumbs and fingers that have cost us you know in playoff scenarios as well as these last back injuries are a worry but i mean when he's out there he slings the football around he makes plays he's smart he's a competitor I like all those things about him stafford you gotta put him there um, when you go to the running back position, I mean, pieces to build around. You obviously have uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, he's the he's the number one build-around player at the running back position. I mean, I love Carrion. I've got him in a ton of fantasy leagues, but Carrion's mentality, 
you know, is a little bit worrisome at times. And also, you know, what what's his ceiling? You know, is him and, and Swift, can they coexist and both be ballers? Or is Swift going to be the guy and Carrion's going to be a, a guy that gets you, you know, four or 500 yards a year, a few catches, a few touchdowns, but that's all you see from him? I hope not because I think he's a really good talent. I just need to see not only what he can do, but now what can he do with another good player right next to him? You know, he he didn't really show out by himself. So now when you got competition and less carries, what are you going to do? You know, I'm, I'm interested to see. But I put him in there. I mean, to me, Bo Scarborough did some nice things based on his age and size and where he came from in college. I put him in this category as well as a building piece at the running back position. Um, when you move to the wide receivers, uh, Kenny Galladay's a dog. He's a nasty dog. He's a <laughs> he's an absolute uh, ball player from start to finish. He's come in here. He doesn't say much. He shows up on Sundays. He competes for the football. He's long. He's athletic. He can he can beat you deep. He can beat you short. He can score touchdowns as we saw last year. Um, looking forward to them paying him. You know, hopefully they get a good contract for both sides. But uh, hopefully Kenny will be here for years to come. Well, you got Marvin Jones. He, he's a good player. He's not a build-around player for me because he's been here three, four years now, and I don't see the Lions bringing him back. I do like what he's brought when he's been out there. He has had some injury issues that have taken him off the off the field for multiple games the last couple seasons, which is disconcerting. So you got that. Uh, Dan- Danny Amendola is an old dog, but he's a dog nonetheless. Like, this is a guy that... Um, you know, he's a really hard worker. He, he showed out last year, had one of his best seasons. Uh, I like him. Uh, I don't know that he's a build around piece for the future, but he's a dog currently on the team. A guy that will get in that huddle, get in somebody's face, hates to lose. You got to like what he brings to the table. Uh, Cephas, you know, to me, Cephas is now a build around player based on what I've read about him. What I see, he's a, he's a hard worker. He's a guy that I could see being a really integral piece for the future. So, um, we'll add him to that category. Um, let's move to the offensive line. You know, offensive line, it's a tough one for me. I mean, Ragnow is a, a build-around piece in the middle. You know, I'd like to see a little more nasty from him, a little bit uh, higher-end play for, you know, the whole season. But uh, Ragnow is a really good football player. Um, Taylor Decker, I'm split on. Like, I hear lots of things that he's the alpha in the room. The Lions love him. Uh, people hate on him for the couple times he gets beat, but majority of the time he's been more than solid at left tackle. So for me, he's a build around piece. He's a guy that I'd get a contract done that was was decent for both sides and keep him in the fold with the Detroit Lions. Um, I feel like Jonah Jackson will be a build around piece. He'll be a guy that you can hang your hat on as a player that's going to be a starting football player, a guy that will get in the huddle, get people excited, got some dog, got some um, nasty to him. I, I like him as a build-around piece. Stenberg, I'm not sure yet. I'm not going to put him in that category. Will he be the good Richie Incognito, or will he be the um, you know awfully suspended, annoying Richie Incognito? You'll have to wait and see. And uh, how Vitae, nah, he, he's not a, he's not a, they paid him, I get it, but to me, I, I'm not building around him, he's the current right tackle, that's what he is, but, uh, you know, I don't know that he's much more than that. Move to the tight end position, tight end position, you're, you're obviously going to build around Hawkinson, I'm not going to give Hawkinson the dog tag yet, because I, I didn't see it in his rookie year, I saw him timid at times, I saw him not getting all excited, you know, on Sundays when he would either make plays or, or when things weren't going well. But I hope he can grow into that guy that's 
you know, a Gronk type where he just, he scores touchdowns. He gets his teammates excited. He's an integral part every week in the, in the passing game. I'd like to see him get down in the trenches and be a little more nasty as well. But, uh, you know, Hawkinson's definitely a piece to build around. And then, you know, like I say, after that, I mean, it feels like Isaac Nada has been forgot about, but based on him going to Georgia and him working out with Matt Stafford, it feels like that's a guy that's going to be on this roster, a guy that can uh, hopefully make plays a little bit more in the run and the pass game, be that H-back maybe that you look for. And then, like I say, Hunter Bryant, the undrafted free agent, I would love to see him make the roster. I'd love to see him be a flex big receiver as well as a, a guy that can play the slot tight end position and make plays in the passing game. Um, both now and in the future. But like I say, that seems to be a long shot when you're not when you're not taken. But I'd love to see him do that. So like I say, there's there's some really under the radar guys. There's guys that don't have name cachet. There's guys that aren't gonna make the all NFL, you know, dream team if they put it together. But lots of players that are in the prime of their careers, you know, 24, 25, 26 years old, even our rookies, you know, 22, 23, that are coming onto this team. You don't have many old way past their prime football players. You don't have many terrible contracts. I mean, I believe BLEAV in this team. I believe in what Bob Quinn's done long-term. I know it hasn't worked out the last couple of years, but it's just because it's recency bias. You know, everybody just looks at what happened in the last little bit and thinks that's gospel. I look at these players, I look at their ages, I look at their contracts, I look at the draft pedigree, and I say, there's no reason this team can't be a young, hungry football team that people got to deal with instead of an old, overpaid, lazy football team, which we've seen in the past here with the Detroit Lions. So I believe in it, BLEAV. I'm glad you guys believe in the Detroit Lions. I hope this episode was just all football talk. You enjoyed it. I know I a uh, little bit quieter, a little bit different tone today, but uh, just fun to talk Detroit Lions as we get away from the NFL draft and head into hopefully getting football back here in the near future, as well as uh, just getting excited about what this team can do. Look for a bounce back in 2020 and beyond. Um, we'll be back next week right here on Mondays talking Detroit Lions right here on Believe in Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.